Hi, I'm Julio Barreiro Guerrero. I'm an assistant professor of physics in the Division of Physical Sciences at the University of California, San Diego. It's been a long, long journey to get here and do research on the leading edge of quantum science and technology. Uh, this long journey has been possible thanks to the support of a number of public institutions in Mexico, the US, and even the European Union in the form of many scholarships, fellowships, and grants. But more importantly, thanks to the support of many teachers for my early education today. So this journey started in Mexico, where I was born as a third generation mestizo, which is a mixed race of Spanish and indigenous descent. But I actually grew up in Acapulco de Juarez, a place named after a very inspiring reformer named Benito Juarez, who was dedicated to democracy, equal rights for indigenous peoples, and the separation of church and state in public affairs. But while Acapulco is popular as a beautiful touristic destination, I grew up far from these beautiful beaches that you see. And in fact, I grew up in one of the public housing projects known as Infonavit, which are popular for low-income families in Mexico. And besides being supported from, for housing by a social program, I was also supported by scholarships, starting from elementary school all the way to high school. And it was there in high school, in junior high in particular, when I was just 11 years old that I got my inspiration to study physics. I was very lucky to have an incredible physics teacher, affectionately known as the Adam, because he was short. He was incredible and encouraged us to appreciate physics. Okay, when, but when it came to, to apply to college, I realized that my math and science education was really weak. And I, it was tough to get scholarships. I didn't get scholarships for recognized private colleges. But one way or another, I got into a public university in Mexico City known as Universidad Nacional Autónoma de México, UNAM, which is in fact one of the first universities in the Americas. And as I learned later, is the best for physics. But coming from Acapulco, a beautiful place not quite known for academic excellence, I had a really, really hard time the first two years of college. My preparation in math was really, really weak, so I had to work maybe four times harder than my peers coming from elite high schools in Mexico City. But this hard work ethic that I got from my parents translated into better uh, performance than my peers later in later st stages of college and actually achieving the highest GPA of my class. And it was thanks to these uh, good grades and I had a pair of scholarships, although sometimes it's good enough. I even had faculty lending money a couple of times to pay for, pay for rent and food. Anyway, eventually I finished college with degrees in physics and computer science. But after college, I took a different path uh, compared to my uh, fellow university professors. I didn't go straight into grad school I had to support my parents. So I had to work for three years before going uh, and getting my, my graduate school. Uh, so I was lucky again later, and I got a number of scholarships, a forward scholarship from the US Department of State, a European Commission Fellowship, a German Fellowship. So yes, I worked hard, and I, I've, I've gotten very far. But again, this was thanks to uh, incredible support from teachers and a lot, a lot of repeated luck. And I wouldn't be here without all that support at uh, the University of California, San Diego, where I've been since 2014, an assistant professor of physics. Now, at UC San Diego, my research is in the area of atomic molecular and optical physics. And I have a team of very talented undergraduate and graduate students. 
And together we do research with atoms, the constituents of matter. And we get these atoms very, very cold, ultra cold, we say, so that when they are very cold, they exhibit their unique and very powerful quantum properties that later we, we explore for fundamental science and technology. And in my laboratory, we have two big experiments funded by the National Science Foundation and the Office for Naval Research. But today I would like to focus in one with a particular technological application. One with the goal of achieving the best sensor of rotation, known as a gyroscope, that can be used to navigate in places where your Google Maps app doesn't work. So let me introduce you to this research. Okay. So we are familiar with electronic devices that use circuits made of wires uh, that transport electrons and that are inside our cell phones and computers. Uh, but there is now uh, uh, a big ongoing effort to make these circuits be of light instead of electricity. Uh, in these circuits that guide light, you have microscopic pipes guiding the light. And because light it consists of particles called photons, these pipes are effectively conducting these photons instead of electrons that you see in electric wires. In fact, in the coming years, we'll see more and more components in our devices taking advantage of these faster and possibly more secure uh, devices. And in particular, the Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering at UC San Diego is leading these efforts towards, towards such integrated photonic circuits. Well, now in my lab, we're working in the fundamentals of even more powerful circuits. Circuits that actually use atoms, these little particles that make up everything, all matter. And we want to use these atoms instead of electricity, uh, instead of uh, photons or electrons, to make circuits. So actually, the idea, in more detail, is to use a circuit of light that I showed here in blue in the picture, and use the light that leaks above these circuits of light to guide and trap atoms that I showed you in pink. And uh, these guided atoms will follow the light pipes below, making a circuit of atoms, what we call an atomtronic circuit. And these circuits will have a huge technological impact, delivering uh, more powerful sensors, for example, sensors of motion, known as inertial sensors that help guide vehicles where there's no satellite reception. And also for more accurate clocks, and even maybe more powerful computers known as quantum computers. Not only technological applications, but also these circuits will help in fundamental studies in quantum science for more precise tests of general relativity of Einstein, or even exploring the physics of these atoms very close to these microscopic light pipes. Okay, this all sounds very exciting, but atoms in gases like to wander around. So in order to trap these atoms and put them above these light pipes, and benefit from the unique quantum properties, we need to cool the atoms to extremely low temperatures. And how do we do that? Okay. So, well, putting them in the fridge is not enough. Uh, we need to get colder than that. And, and we use actually lasers to cool the atoms, uh, just like this one, just like these laser sponsors that you're familiar with. So here in the, in the picture, I'm showing you uh, a picture of how we do this. And in the picture, the atoms are shown in blue, and here are in a toy of my daughter. And when a laser of a particular color hits the atom, the atom is going to absorb this light. 
And since light is made of photons, the atom is absorbing the photon, which here my photon is a toy tomato. And when the atom hits, when the photon hits the atom, uh, it's going to absorb it. And then the, the atom is going to emit the photon in a random direction. So on average, after many hits, an atom that is moving is going to be slowed down by these photons. Okay? And that's, that's how we get them to cool or almost stop. Now, if we put these lasers hitting the atoms in all directions, this is called atoms being hit in all directions, they're going to slow down and cool. And we combine these with other tricks so that we can not only slow them down, but also trap them, also like in a net. And eventually, with all these tricks, we can cool the atoms from about 1,000 Fahrenheit to billions of Fahrenheit creating the coldest spot on the world for a few seconds. Okay, but why exactly do we need to cool these atoms? Well, not only to put them on top of our photonic circuits, but it turns out that atoms will manifest their more surprising and useful quantum properties where they are very, very cold. And because the colder these atoms are, the colder than any material is, more things will actually behave like waves like light, and less like localized particles. That's right. All atoms and matter in general, the colder it is, the more likely it is behave like waves. And then we can call these matter waves. And when this happens, you cannot tell atoms from one another. Okay? But luckily, uh, this, for this to happen, uh, matter needs to be very, very cold. Otherwise, you wouldn't distinguish the food that is on your freezer. And actually, in fact, this behavior has, is, has been observed in electrons, uh, which are light and easier to cool, and even to larger materials. But the largest ones have been atoms with uh, molecules with like a thousand atoms, which is still, still very, very small. Okay, but what do we do with these matter waves? Okay. Well, right now, the most accurate sensors of rotations or gyroscopes, which are used for navigations, are made with lasers, just like this one. Okay. And the idea is to send a pair of lasers on a ring and send them traveling in opposite directions, one clockwise, one counterclockwise. And when the device rotates, one of the two is going to travel longer. And by measuring this difference in travel distance, we can measure rotation. Well, it turns out that if we use matter waves spinning in this fashion instead of light, we can have much higher sensitivity to rotation than using lasers by a factor of 10 billion. So our device will consist of a ring of light and matter waves counter-rotating above, okay? And eventually we plan to, to make this very small, but at the early stages of our research, just the lasers take a full table of five by 10 feet. Naturally, there are efforts to make these into a smaller ships. And, and then all, we send all these lasers to the actual experiment which is uh, an empty metal chamber, which we take all the air out and create in a place that it's emptier than outer space so that air doesn't impact our atoms. And these chambers have lots of windows. We send all the lasers to cool the atoms. And here in this picture, I show you our latest machine on the left, on the inside, on the chamber where the red arrow is pointing. We start with very hot atoms and then we slow them down and get them to where the blue arrow is, where they are very cold and trapped, and that's where we put them on the circuit of light. 
Now, all this very exciting uh, re research uh, is possible thanks to new state-of-the-art laboratories at UC San Diego that have extraordinary control of temperature and humidity so that all this equipment works perfectly all the time. And all this exciting research and all these incredible facilities are waiting for you. So join us at UC San Diego. Uh, finally, I would like to emphasize uh, my commitment to the Latina and Latino community. Uh, I first realized that I have a unique perspective to help my community when I was in graduate school. I was volunteering as an emergency translator at the local high school in parent-teacher conferences. And I would be able to help resolve uh, misunderstandings between teachers and, and Latina and Latino parents. Uh, because I had a perfect combination of the common background of the, the, the Latino parents and, and, and the education to help their kids to, to do better at school. Similarly, here at UC San Diego, I'm always advising my Latina and Latino students and I hope you will come to UC San Diego and join our research group. And as you've seen, one can encounter difficulties and challenges in math and physics, but you can do it. We can do it together. And it is my turn now to be the teacher that is supporting his students. Si se puede. Juntos podemos. See you soon and thank you for your attention. Thank you.